Are you creative? That's a rhetorical question, because of course you are. A creative is anyone who makes something from nothing. Creativity is everywhere and in everyone. And that means you. So what's been stopping your inner creative from bursting out? Probably fear. Fear is part of creating something. It's a real bee. But don't worry, we'll help you get through that. This podcast will be your guide to claim your creativity, redefine your relationship with fear, and build a new life centered around creative expression. You're going to learn tools from people who have found ways to manage life's ups and downs by turning their experience into purpose. Think of this podcast as your very own creative community. This is Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. Hey, it's Lauren, and today we're jumping right to the guest. Sophia Joan Short is a marketing expert, PR professional, writer, and influencer. Best known for her inspirational Instagram page, at Sophia Joan Short. Sophia's creative journey started when she was young, in part due to the fact that she had limited TV access, so she let her imagination run wild and was constantly creating. When she went to college, she was on a mission to help people. And at that time, she thought the best way to do that was going into medicine. However, something didn't feel right. Her creative angels kept calling, until she finally felt compelled to answer the call and switch her major to marketing. Since then, she's created a viral Instagram account and has an awesome job in public relations. Her Instagram is primarily made up of beautiful images mixed with encouraging words and phrases. I wanted to have her on the show because I've personally been inspired by her account, And I also think she's a great example of how your deepest creative pursuit can be your hobby and why in some cases that's for the best. She's also a listener of the show, which makes it extra fun. From our conversation, you'll learn how to make a massive career shift, survive your early 20s, overcome social media related depression, the importance of moving your body, the best way to partner with a brand, and how to keep the inner child alive. Now here she is. Sophia Joan Short. You're so visually gifted. So I want to go through like how people can start building that in themselves. Like I need to work on that. I'm terrible at this stuff. Um, I love your page. (laughs) You're so (laughs) sweet. I stalked equally last night. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Well, I feel like, I don't know, like it's really depressing because like I keep seeing the numbers going down and I'm trying so hard and I'm like I used to have a lot more people engaging with me and it seems like they all faded away and I can't blame it on the algorithm entirely because like I see other people growing you know what I mean yeah so like I don't know I've actually been dealing with like today in particular a little bit of social media related depression because I'm like what the fuck am I doing wrong like this is the way I can get all of my work out there and it's just not growing the way I want it to and I think like you're not the only one because I see this like people talk about it all the time just being in social media like at work and then on my own thing and I think a lot of people aren't growing and like their work isn't being seen right so I think partially it is the algorithm and then I know for me... Like, what is the algorithm, yeah. though? I hear lots <laughs> of different mystery, rumors. Mystery, mystery, thing. 
<laughs> it's like uh it's like this like yeah exactly mystery it's like this weird secret thing that like lurks in the night and i'm like well could we just talk about what it is that'd be super helpful <laughs> we'll just, yeah, just tell me know. why my picture is getting pushed all the way down the page you know right i think it has to do with like if someone doesn't engage with your content one time then, like, then they're like fuck you yeah honestly yeah <laughs> honestly and then yeah instagram just doesn't reward that which right. is kind of sad and like well i get it because they're trying to build an addictive platform yeah, and yes. the more people that stay like i get it from a business perspective i just like i'm like an a student and want to do yep. the right thing <laughs> and so i'm like well, what am i doing wrong so you're doing so much right and i want to get into all of that i want to like help people who are kind of like maybe in a place where i am where they're dealing with I'm putting the work out there, but I'm not really seeing the results, like how we can build an aesthetic. Because the thing that I love about you is there's a lot of people who build a really nice aesthetic, but yours is an aesthetic for positive change. And so I would love to find a way to give people tools to build that aesthetic for positive change. And then also just like your marketing genius. Like, so I want to get into all of that. But before we can do that, I want to get a little bit of your story. So... I'm wondering what the inciting incident of your creativity was, if you trace the lines of your life. Yes. So I think I've always liked to like make things, put things together. I think as a kid, like, I don't know, I can probably thank my mom (laughs) for like not letting us watch like too much TV. So I was always just like messing around, um, making whether it be like a Halloween costume or like, I don't know, like stitching together something. And I'm really not like crafty in that way now, but I think like, but you had kind of an innate ability. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like enjoy that and like explore just like with my mind, I think. But then fast forward to the, my summer after freshman year of college, I was a biochem student, wanted to go to med school. My overall goal was to help people. (laughs) And so I thought like, okay, this is the way to do it. I'm also like pretty competitive and you know, want to be the best at stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to choose the hardest thing and go after that. So I took two physics classes over the summer. And I think just all of that, like logical thinking, I was like, okay, I need a creative outlet. So I kind of started taking pictures for my Instagram, just of whatever. And people started, you know, kind of engage with it. And I was like, well, this is kind of fun, but didn't really listen at that point. So about- what do you mean listen like to your higher good yeah yeah okay. yeah, 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 yeah yeah I didn't like I was like you didn't no, listen I'm to the call right, yes. right, right right right. yeah you were like committed because you were a good student you're like no I'm right. just gonna stick it yeah. out and keep going I was like I can do this like it doesn't make me like super happy but I can do it right great lesson just because yeah. you can do something doesn't mean you should right mm-hmm. right and then about a semester later I'm still just kind of going through the hard science I was applying to an early admissions Um, medical school program and was writing my personal statement and I had words on the paper but they didn't really like mean a lot and I was like this is not something I should just be faking (laughs) like (laughs) like this is like me you know the essence of why I want to go to med school and eventually like help people as a doctor so I called my mom it was like mom like you know like crisis like I don't think this is for me like I don't know what I want to do And so about a week later, I switched my major to marketing, just kind of on a whim. I was like, I want to do something creative maybe, but want to also have like the business sense. 
So what made you pick marketing in that moment? And how did you really have the courage to finally (laughs) do that? Because that's a big shift. And especially if you've been envisioning a certain path, it's very difficult. And your family might have had expectations of you. I know you said that they were kind of logical brained, but very supportive of creativity. So how did you make that shift? And how did you have the confidence that it was the right choice? I mean, for a long time, I think the decision of going down that path, it felt right in some senses. Like, okay, I can do the work, but... You know, I was finding myself Googling, like, what are, like, the personality characteristics of a doctor? You know, like, right. all these things that, like... <laughs> if you you're know, Googling something, it's probably your answer. Right. Like, whether it's a relationship or a job or a career path, like, it's if you're working. like, should I do this? It's probably... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I think for a long time, the trigger had been there. Like, this mm-hmm. is not right. Like, this is not what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. And I just found myself, like, I hadn't been as happy as I had been, like, writing stuff on my Instagram. And at this point, it was small. It was, like, just to, like, my friends and family. Um, And were you doing the pictures at that point, too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was more, I mean, I can go back and show you, but it was more of just, like, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Kind of whatever, like, I, like, baked something and posted it. (laughs) Like, wrote something out, posted that. Maybe a picture of me, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. So what was the feeling like after you made the shift? Like, what did you feel instantly after you kind of said, okay, that was my dream, but it's not anymore. Now I'm in this new life. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's always uncertainty. I think whenever you're pursuing something, especially something totally different, and that's kind of the direction you are taking maybe the rest of your life. But also I think I did have support from like my family like from both my parents, my cousin like called me the day of and Aww. was like, hey, my friend's a marketing major. Um, do you want to talk to her? And just like friends were really supportive too. So I think having that like initial community of encouragement and positivity, like I feel really lucky to not have been like discouraged by people around me. So you're now like about a year out of college, right? Mm-hmm. That can be a really troubling time. Yes. I remember feeling like real shit the first year I was out. I was like, what am I doing? I I was just yes. like floundering. I was confused. I didn't really have like a solid group where I was living. Can you give someone who's in that stage of their life the toolbox that you wish you would have had a year ago? Like what would you advise them? Yeah. I think because you come from your college bubble wherever you're a senior and you're like, I know everything. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm going to go out in the world and get it right away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think the number one thing that I wish, I am an introvert. It's like I don't mind spending like quite a bit of time alone. Like I enjoy that. But I think reaching out to people, whether it's someone that you've known, you know, friends from home or family or trying to build a new community, surrounding yourself with people that like understand your life stage, I think is really important. Um, so just reaching out to people to kind of just for the extra reinforcement that you're not doing this alone. And that it's normal. Yes. You know, <laughs> like I felt like such a failure because no one really talks about that weird place where I used to call it the wobbly times. Yes. You don't know where you're going to, you might go over here, you might go over there. You're not quite on your feet, but you're trying, you're like scraping your income together. It's, it's all very overwhelming. And I think you've done it beautifully and you've stayed true to yourself through all of that. So I want to put a pin in this. We're going to get back to this part of your life. But before we go any further, I want to talk about like what you actually do on your Instagram page. So how would you describe what your Instagram page is (laughs) and what you do? Because I don't know how to put it into words, but it's amazing. Well, you're sweet. Yeah, I actually had a hard time whenever I was like putting together the little bio (laughs) to describe kind of like the one sentence thing that I like to say is that I'm trying to encourage people from my corner of the internet. So that's really 
that's like what I would sum it up as. But if you haven't scrolled through and you're just listening to this, um, <laughs> it's honestly just like words that apply to some area of life that I think like we all experience, whether that's like sadness or like it's time to believe in yourself, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I mean, they're so great. And But not only that, you like have these little cookie cutters. Is that what it is? <laughs> and you cut out food. Yeah. And and you write like instead of like doing a quote page or uh you know, I don't know, like holding up a sign. Well, sometimes you do hold up a sign. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll do like a cookie cutter. Did I see one in a piece of watermelon that you oh, did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like she'll do cookie cutters in a piece of watermelon and write out the quotes in watermelon. And it's like I know that sounds wild, but believe me, it's beautiful. <laughs> She's very aesthetically gifted. So I just wanted to like set that in people's minds so that they yeah. knew what we were talking about when we went back to it. Okay, so you change your major in college. Like, mm-hmm. what are the next steps you take? Like, how do we get to where we are now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting um, at this table. Step number one, dropping organic chemistry. Screw <laughs> your organic chemistry. Yeah, take that. Um, <laughs> but I think really, I was like, okay, well, now I'm a marketing major. And I grew up, I went, I grew up in Oklahoma and went to school at Oklahoma State. So there's a million marketing majors with like a state degree mm-hmm. and it was a great school a great college experience like thankful to have gone there but I knew that I probably wanted to move out of Oklahoma so I wanted a way to set myself apart when I started applying to jobs and so that's really where my Instagram started so I just started building it as a portfolio and then just trying to take any internships that came my way so my first one actually connected with me through Instagram but it was like a wholesale company based in the town where I'm gr- where I grew up and I got to manage their social media for a couple years. I also interned at my university on the social media team and then spent a summer out here in LA interning for a cartoon company. Which one? Um Genius Brands? Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah. I watched you did some like cute things with like dolls. Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was wild. I like, drove around <laughs> Los Angeles just posing them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Where did, how did you get this piece of your brain that just understands like aesthetic and like what would be your advice for somebody who doesn't have that piece? I mean, I think anyone can build it. I think it's gotten better over time just with practice. I think it honestly is just experimentation. And I think maybe if you aren't naturally inclined, I mean, I'm never an advocate of like copying someone's work exactly, but if you're just trying to build that natural instinct, look at pages that you like and then try to create your version, your version of it. And then you'll kind of get an eye for like how to space things out and stuff like that, like how to align stuff for a photo. Where do you get your ideas from? (laughs) A weird corner of my brain. Um, (laughs) No, I think in terms of like the things that I write, I do ask people on my page for like something that they want words about because a lot of the stuff that I write, it might not necessarily apply to what like I'm going through at the moment but I think like we all share emotions and share stuff and can like relate to it at some point when do you feel most creative honestly (laughs) after I've like done something physical like whether it's going for a run or like a yoga class because then I kind of have like calmed my mind calmed my body and then can just go for it and start thinking That's a great tip because a lot of times for me, because I get so busy and so wrapped up in my projects, I just said to my friend, I'm like, I need to get back to my pre-baby weight, which meant before I started the podcast. (laughs) Because it's like, I've been so wrapped up that I've been like just working every day from like 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. for the most part. Like I take some time off on the weekends and obviously a little bit during the week. But 
I just like haven't moved my body enough. And that's a great tip that even if you're in the midst of something that's like super important and a big creative project in your life, you need to take time to move. Even if that's just walking, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's something that we forget when we get into those work modes. And it's great that you keep that body consciousness because our, our emotions are so tied to our physicality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do create like a lot of stuff on the weekends because sometimes after like working a full day, you know, you're just not in the space to like sit down and like really think about things. Totally. So just like circling back to your family a little bit, because I know you said they were very analytical when you were growing up, but you still had time and space to like do your creative things. Mm -hmm. But like how, how did that affect you? Like not having a creative role model and how did you overcome that knowing that you could take that different path? So it's interesting. I'm in the middle of two brothers. One is like a software coder and then one is getting his degree right now in computer engineering. And then both my parents work in like analytical banky things. Um, (laughs) Banky things. Great. (laughs) Um, Honestly, until a year ago, I didn't really know exactly what they did. (laughs) But I think just like having the space to create I think it's just something like inside of me like I need to be making things I need to be creating things and I think maybe that's I don't know it's been like helpful to just like do it on my own and not like I don't know like try to copy like my older brother or something Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah and speaking of doing it on your own I mean this is something you truly do for yourself because you have a day job that you really like it's in PR and I asked you before we started this like do you want this to be your full-time thing and you said no just very flatly (laughs) no so tell me about that like I'm because I'm sure you've had opportunity I know you do have brand sponsorships Mm -hmm. and all that tell me about why you like having that separation of church and state yeah, that's I think about that a lot actually. I think this is like in my bio it says like welcome to my hobby and I think it really is just a space not to have any pressure I think to make something. Like I mean I do have deadlines if I'm working with a brand or something like that, but a lot of it just is like on my own. So it's kind of like my safe space to like try things out and like sometimes fail or sometimes like not make something great, but just at the end of the day it's like just me to answer to you. Right. So what do you think for other people out there listening? Like, how can they know if they're like you and they want to keep their creativity as their hobby and their, like, passion, but not the thing that they make the main bulk of money for? Like, how did you know that that was the path you wanted? Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is that I am interested in, like, other things besides just, like, writing and taking photos. So I think that's really, like, if I think about just all I have left to learn and whether it's like a career in PR, it goes in a different direction later. That still gets me like just as excited as making like my photos or whatever I do over on Instagram. So I think if you're like equally as excited about something else, maybe that's like the divide. You do these um, brand partnerships in a way that I feel like is so authentic and so awesome. Like I haven't seen a lot of people do it in such a seamless way as you have. How do you make sure that when you're working with a brand, you're doing it in a way that is authentic to you and to your page and also getting the brand what they want? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is because I do this on the other side of things at my day job. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like to be the brand or like the agency that you're working through. So I think I've picked up a lot of tips there, but I think it's just in the beginning, really communicating, hey, this is my vision. Like, this is how I plan to hit your, like, metrics or, like, key points. Like, let me know if that's okay. And then also partnering with brands that, like, 
I care about and not just taking like a partnership to take one. Right. But like how I'm, what I'm asking is how do you curate the content for your audience? Like how do you approach it? What's your kind of approach when you get a brand? Like let's say I won't give an example, but like let's say like this random like water you would probably wouldn't do a water company. Let's say let's say like a meal uh, kit company came to you. Like how do you authentically do that on your page within kind of the realm of what you're already doing? So I think I think of themes that could like fit around a meal kit, whether it's like eating like you love yourself or taking time out to cook or something like that. And I kind of like establish the theme first and then I figure out what I want to say about it. And then I work with the company to understand like, does your product need to be in the photo or can I just like mention it in the caption? Like which products do you want in the photo? And then figure out how I can like lay it out to kind of capture all of that. That's a good little method there. Yes. <laughs> it sounds more like streamlined and important than No, yeah. no, no. It's Which it's helpful thing? because I mean I think hopefully like if someone is in the field of like Instagram at all, <laughs> they'll have an opportunity to do that and that's a good little step by step for them to have. Yeah. Cuz the worst thing is when you're just seeing picture after picture after picture with hashtag ad and yeah. there's no real content there there's no meat for you to just chew your little mouth around right exactly <laughs> exactly stay away from yeah exactly and you do a beautiful job of it and then okay so you graduated like did you instantly go into PR yeah so it's interesting <laughs> my college roommate if she listens to this hey hi, Carly yeah what's up Carly <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> but she'll laugh because I had spent I am very laid back in some senses of my life and then others like I want to do well I want to succeed right and I think a career is one of those ways that sometimes it bubbles up into like maybe doing things that aren't as productive because I think you know it'll get me somewhere (laughs) so I remember like walking into her room and being like hey I just applied to four jobs and it was like the first week of school you know what I mean like first week of school like like, senior senior. year (laughs) yeah it's like no one's gonna hire That's me for great. like a May yeah. position. But so I actually got hooked up with my current company through Instagram. Wow. Surprisingly. I had like digital marketing grad in my bio at the time and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they do PR for like a foundation in the city. So we kind of got to talking through that and I took a fellowship with them. What is a fellowship? Yeah, so I didn't know either <laughs> until I was a fellow. I hear people talking about it. I'm like, that sounds great. Tell yeah, me more. It's basically like an internship where you're paid. Oh, cool. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like a three month offer and I moved to New York for it. And it was kind of like a good way to learn the ropes and also kind of a little bit of a safety net. Like if I hate New York or like if I hate this job, I'm not stuck. But it turned out, and then I, I'm working there full-time now. Cool. So they allowed you to transition from New York to Los Angeles. Yeah. So they, wow. Yeah, which was really great. I kind of shifted around on the teams just with, like, some people leaving, and my main boss was actually based out in L.A., so it kind of, like, mm. opened the door for that conversation. Making a big move can be really, really scary. Yeah. What's your advice for somebody who is contemplating or about to make a big move? What do they need to know emotionally, physically, mentally? (laughs) Um, So you like pack up all your things before the night before. Did you do that? (laughs) That was a mistake in New York. (laughs) Return your library books too or else you'll find yourself outside. Yeah, that's um, tough. A lot of late fees. (laughs) No, but I think like just knowing that it will be stressful and you probably like won't feel settled for a little bit. I think like knowing that and just not having the expectation that everything's going to like come together really quickly is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you scared to leave New York or did you feel excited? 
I was ex- like moving to LA was less scary than moving to New York. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New York is amazing, but like yeah. if you don't pay attention, New York will eat you up and spit you out. LA is difficult because if you don't pay attention, it will slowly piece by piece over a very long period of time rip you apart until you're just like one little piece <laughs> of meat left and you're like, what happened? Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? So you ha- wherever you move, you need to make sure you stay true to your roots. That's you know what I would say. But LA is a little bit less aggressive yes. in its eating you aliveness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love it here, but it's, it's a difficult place in a lot right, of ways. Right. What's your relationship with fear like in general? Yeah, so I go back and forth because sometimes I'll just do something and, like, not think about, you know what I mean, like, how scary or how big it is and just be like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then other times I'll lay awake at night if I'm, like... What do you think the difference is between those two extremes? I think it's honestly, like, the headspace that I'm in at the moment, Mm -hmm. whether, like, I'm, like, taking care of myself. It might be a little bit easier to, like, believe in yourself and just be like, okay, this is going to be scary, but I can do it. And then if you're maybe not in as good of a place, maybe like it'll be more anxious and you just like won't go for it. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome anxiety? Well, through movement. Yes. (laughs) That's a big thing. And then I also started meditating recently and that's been helpful. And not to say that like everything's gone away and I can like walk into every area of my life like super calmly. But I think like having those tools Mm -hmm. at least to fall back on is helpful. Do you do any particular kind of meditation? So I actually worked with an app called Headspace. Yeah. So I just do it in my bed. and Bedspace. Yeah, Bedspace. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark that. Yeah. My next business venture. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll just do it for like three to like 10 minutes every day. So it's like not a big time commitment. But yeah. I have noticed it's just made me more aware. That's so great. Uh, meditating was like my New Year's resolution. I said I'm going to try to meditate every day. I haven't done it every day, yeah, but I've done it quite often, and I definitely think it's life changing. I no, I didn't do it this morning. I've noticed a drastic difference. I think even like we were talking about earlier, the way Instagram affected mm-hmm. me today when I saw those numbers drop, and I was like. Oh. Why? <laughs> everyone hates me. Yeah, everyone hates me. I'm trying so hard to put good things out in the world. Why aren't they sticking? But I want to get back to that because, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier. And social media related depression is mm-hmm. definitely a thing. I mean, we're sitting there looking at other people's lives, looking at other people's successes, their highlights reels. And we're sinking into ourselves sometimes because we're not seeing all those moments in between. And And I mean, especially when numbers are attached to it, it's so easy Mm -hmm. to think less of yourself. So I'm wondering if you've ever experienced either any sort of like social media related sadness or if you haven't, like how have you advised your friends or how would you advise other people on how to get through that? Yeah. So I think two parts to this. Definitely before I started just kind of creating like really what I loved to do like the quotes and all of that, I definitely did see like my numbers dropping. I think like everyone else. And that was hard because you spend time on something and then you're like, why isn't this working? And I was like, well, maybe it's time to give it up. Like I started this as, you know, a portfolio and now I have a job. So be it. Um, (laughs) So be it. I'm employed. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's fine. (laughs) But then like I was fortunate that people really liked what I was writing. So I was encouraged to do more of that. I think that's a piece of it too, is liking what you're doing. Yep. You know, like that's another thing I've said. Like I do notice that when I'm enjoying the process of like making the podcast mm-hmm. or putting out my music or doing social media, 
if there's fun involved in it or like joy or like just purpose and I'm doing it from a pure place versus a needy place, Mm -hmm. I get a lot more response than when I'm doing it from a place of like, oh my God, I need this so bad. So that's an interesting thought that you had that it was kind of attached to your being more on purpose. Yeah. I think purpose really is because now I know, you know, why I'm doing this and it's not just to put like up a picture of like pretty flowers that I see, even though like I still like enjoy those posts. Right. Um, that's like just not the purpose or like the main thing that I want to offer. Right. Yeah. So, but when you were going through that, like mm-hmm. how you just were fine with it, you just kind of like shrugged it off because you were not attaching too much to it. I mean, I think I was attaching, you know, there is some, I feel like you can never like fully just like be like, this isn't me, you know, right. like whatever. Because it does feel like someone's unsubscribing from you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and like, what am I, there was a period of like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. And I think maybe that was also kind of the push to shift my content. Right. To be like, That's good. So you, yeah. instead of letting mm-hmm. it depress you, you let it inform you and therefore shifted it to something that felt more purposeful and helpful to other people. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how do you advise friends and family who are maybe going through something similar? Do you, do you tell them like, Hey, like dig in, let's look at this. Cause you're, you also had a statistic on your website where you help someone increase their engagement by 30%. So like, that's kind of a separate question. We'll get to that. But like, Mm -hmm. how do you advise friends, family, followers who are going through social media related depression? Yeah. So I think if you aren't doing it for like a blog you know what I mean like you're just posting like your photos photos of you friends whatever I think it is important to like limit how much you are on social media so it's not just like consuming your world and I could probably yeah yeah I could take this tip too probably I don't know whether it's like setting a timer or something like that because then it it just doesn't take like such a big portion of your life right and then maybe it doesn't seem like as important to actually like what's going on around you right it is such a small portion of life. Yeah, it's just it's you can like let it, especially when you have it attached to something you're trying to get out to more people, yeah. it can really start to consume you. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you increase someone's engagement by 30%? Let's talk about it. And how yeah. can someone do the same for themselves? Yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure. It was a it little was doll like, page. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what was that called? It was called. <laughs> It was called the cartoon was called Space Pop. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was for like tween girls. Yes. So I, I was I was in. I'm like, I'll check it out. I was whatever. gonna say, yeah, <laughs> like, maybe looks cute. Five. <laughs> I think you have to be willing to do something that like you've never done before. So like for them, I did get st- naked. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, I sometimes I'm like, if I just put my butt in the shot, <laughs> that'll be it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I could never. Yeah. I'm, I'm still too Catholic at heart. <laughs> Yeah. But sorry. So you said do something you've never done before. Yeah. So I think if you're like, okay, this content isn't working, like don't keep posting it, you know, try something new and maybe like, maybe it won't work. Maybe it will. But I think if you're like, okay, where do I start with that? You can do it like one of two ways. Either do like a deep dive into like who you consider your competitors and see like what they're doing, what's working and not necessarily copy it, but at least like kind of try to apply it to like your brand or your page or whatever you're trying to amplify. The other thing is to pull out pieces of content on your page that have done really well and just stick to more of that. Mm. Um, Just get rid of the other stuff. Right. How do you figure out what your brand is? It's a good question. I still, yeah. (laughs) For myself, I still ask myself. Um, Well, I think your brand, if, if I may, from the outside looking in, like I said earlier, it's like a positive, aesthetically pleasing 
life affirming resource. I'm gonna have you write that down for me. <laughs> I'll just cut the clip for you. <laughs> but it's it's like, and you really stick to that, and you like even like the simplest things are still within that world. It's like you've created this little world, like a positive, kind corner of the internet where we can all go to feel good about ourselves and to know that we're enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, cut that one for me. Too. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll make this the audiogram. <laughs> Yeah. So I think figuring out like what your brand is, I think if it is like an actual brand, like you're trying to sell something and it's not just like you personally, I think ask yourself like, who is your consumer? Mm. Um, Who's like, who would be like... That's always good. Yeah. Even if it's just you personally, like ask like who you would want to serve. I always say purpose mm-hmm. is about service. I heard that from this woman named Layla Delia. And it's true. It's like, who do you serve? Who are you making content for? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I think do like a deep dive into who they are and figure out like what they would want to see, which is like sounds easier than maybe it actually is. Just but. gotta internet stalk a few of your followers right. and just see <laughs> yeah. what they're up to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think it's you know it's nice. It's practical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever just want to write something really dark on your page? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. Because I feel like I do put out very positive stuff. And I right. think that is partially because I believe like you should approach the world positively. It's And it's never mm-hmm. like, oh, everything is perfect all the time. Right. I think you, you acknowledge the darkness of life, but by saying you can still be an optimist even when you're struggling with darkness, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, like a line in my song, uh, I've got a light oh, yeah. inside me even though there's darkness too. It's like that's kind of how I yeah. think most people who are in touch with their feelings actually feel. Totally, totally. I think like the <laughs> maybe, like, darkest thing I'll post, you know, if something <laughs> like not necessarily like terrible happens to me, but you know, just not like on my stories, keeping mm-hmm. it like a little more real on there since I don't post like much of like my personal life like to my feed. Right. We talked a little bit about mental health earlier, but I mean, you've said you've struggled with anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of depression. A little bit of depression. A lot of people who have chosen a creative path are in that same space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering how you have gotten, you've talked about anxiety, but like the depression moments, how you've gotten through those depression moments of your life and your path and what your advice would be to someone else who's in the thick of that now. Yeah. I think the first thing I would be like, I'm sorry you're going through that because that's really like not a fun or like happy place at all to be. But I think if you start to notice that things are off or, you know, like your life just feels like it isn't working, I think getting in touch, like first, like with like your physical need, you know what I mean? Like whether that's like going to therapy to go sort out, like if you have the resources to maybe sort out like what's going on in your head or maybe it's just trying to spend more time outside, like stuff like that. If you know it isn't like super, super, super serious. I think taking care of, like, your physical needs first and then I think kind of maybe start exploring, like, what's not working in your life. Like, my freshman year of college, it was, like, a combination of, you know, like, a birth control that just, like, messed with my hormones mm. and probably, like, brought up stuff that was already, like, existing, you know, inside yeah, of me. Yeah, but it also changes I – don't, I don't know. Birth control is really interesting. Weird, yeah. Yeah, I was on it for a few years and I, I got off it and I don't think I'll ever do it again. Yeah, and I think scary. it really <laughs> changes your brain chemistry. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have no science background, totally, yeah. so please don't quote me on that. But just definitely do your research before mm-hmm. getting on those pills because then I don't know. I don't feel great about something that's called birth control. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what does that even yeah. mean? Help. You know? Yeah. Help. Yeah. Please. 
basically <laughs> tell. <laughs> but I think mine was like a combination of that and then just like not really being like happy or like fulfilled with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I think just kind of like starting to take a look at your life, like, you know, like what's what's not working here. Right. That's great practical advice. And also just like making the list because I think part of when you're in the depths of depression is like, for me at least, I haven't fully known what was wrong and that was Mm -hmm. what was so hard for me. But like if I could have had a simple first step like that, I just felt overwhelmed and like no one cared about me in those moments. And it wasn't even true. Yeah, exactly. But I also didn't want to talk to anyone. So if I could have Mm -hmm. even like written down, okay, I feel like this and then kind of gone from there and said like, here are some things I might be able to do to make myself feel better. And then also written down a list of things that didn't feel in conjunction with who I really was. Mm -hmm. It would have been easier to maybe sort through it if I'd looked at it logically. Right, right. And And we're not talking about like chemical depression. I want to clarify, but like if you're having like situational depression, Mm -hmm. that's something you might want to look at. Right, 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 right. And therapy was life-changing. It got me, definitely got me through it. Yeah. What has been the hardest moment in your journey so far and how did you overcome it? Like, have you had a, I don't know if you've heard me talk about on the podcast, a creative crossroads moment where you had a bunch of things go wrong and you had to decide like, am I going to keep going down this creative path Mm -hmm. or am I going to choose a different path? Yeah. So I think for me, maybe it relates more to like career things versus like Instagram page, but I think it's still creative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very creative. (laughs) I think it was just getting a bunch of rejections in like conjunction to like internships or jobs and things like that. I think that was really hard because it was like, okay, these people don't want me or don't see a value like in my skill set. And am I good at this? You know, am I doing the right thing or should I, you know, try something else? So I think that was like, yeah. <laughs> a couple. How did you heal from that? That's a good question. I mean, I think it is something that like, I still, you know, if someone says no to something, I think now maybe just have having more of that. Mm-hmm. And then also having like, you know what I mean? Like you probably get like 10 no's for one yes, or maybe even like 100 to one. Yeah. Knowing your um, statistics helps. Yeah, yeah really. Because yeah. It, it is easy to feel like when you're getting rejected time and time and time mm-hmm. again, like, well, I guess maybe I'm just not enough. Yeah. And that's not the case. There's so many things that go into this. And a lot of it, especially when it's creativity, has to do with someone's personal taste. Right. Which you can't control that. No, no, no. no. And it doesn't mean anything about your work. It just means it wasn't quite the right fit. But it doesn't make it easier in those moments. No, yeah. It It feels like someone's brutalizing you. Yes, yeah. (laughs) That's that's good advice. So you basically just thickened your skin. Yeah. And it seems like you also are more confident with who you are and what you can offer mm-hmm. now and know that even if it's not the right fit for someone else. Yeah. Find someone else's yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. always. There's many, many humans throughout yes. this earth floating about. Publicity. What exactly in the world of PR do you do now? Because that can be such a helpful thing when you're a business owner or yeah. a, so- a songwriter or an artist, like to get your stuff out there, to get some publicity. What do you do? And then I want to go into some tips about how people can be like their own publicist. Yeah. So at my day job, I work, I've kind of just been there a year and a half, have worked on like smaller brands and then now I work on like a larger brand. So whenever I was working with the smaller brands, I did a lot of like the contracting of influencers, negotiation, everything like that. Now that I'm on the bigger brands, that's more of like my boss's role. Um, So it's more of just like keeping things like organized and doing like a little bit of like creative stuff but 
Yeah. <laughs> so do you do any, so you're mostly doing publicity from an influencer perspective. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. Would you ever recommend for somebody like, say like me, like, mm-hmm. would you ever recommend someone like me hires an influencer to like post about my song? Like, is that something that's done? Cause I've been wondering about that lately. Yeah. And also for other people, like let's say someone has artwork, like, would you ever say have an Instagram influencer like hold up their picture and say I got this from so-and-so I actually saw that the other day really Um, (laughs) yeah I think it depends like what your goals are and then figuring out like how the influencer can help like serve that goal right is that like phony to do it I don't know I think it I think it can come off if it's not like say if it was your song Mm -hmm. um it's an influencer that never talks about music right I think that would be like wild and ridiculous but say I'm thinking of an influencer right now that I love that puts out like a Spotify playlist every week. I think if you worked with her to have your song on her playlist, that would be a really organic way to do it. Right. So basically you're saying like if you're going to do it, it could be a good idea for you if you have a business or music Mm -hmm. or like something that's more creative entrepreneurial, but you have to find a really authentic way to do it. How do brands and people go about reaching out to these influencers? Do they find a company like yours and then you are kind of the go-between? Yeah, so it can be done that way. Um, so that's how I do it at work. But I've also, for my own page, had someone like directly from the company reach out. So I think it just depends like if you handle that in-house or like outsource it to an agency. Got it. Very cool. So there was this amazing post you did. I just want to call out a specific post where you, on two popsicles, said – People can make your day better or worse, so you can do the same. And it was on Two Good Pop Popsicles, which is actually one of my favorite popsicles. And you did it with these little beads. It was so brilliant. So I'm wondering, first of all, like, how did you go about securing that brand or brand partnerships in general? Mm -hmm. And then where did you get this idea? It's so great. And it's so true. People just forget how influenced we are by one another's energy and intentions and words. Yeah. So the partnership started whenever I had a good pop and I was so amazed (laughs) with their product. I tagged them in my story. They responded like a nice DM. And then I said, hey, like if you would ever want to work together, let me know because I love your popsicles. (laughs) We'll work for popsicles. Yes, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, you know, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, (laughs) you know. No, so we went back and forth over email. And as it turns out, they have a campaign called Pledge Good. And it's basically the root of it is doing something simple and nice to make someone else's day better, the world Mm. better, which I love. (laughs) So they said, hey, we have this campaign. Like, would you be willing to promote it? Yes, of course. I love your product. I love this message. So then I started to kind of think about, okay, how can I show off the product on my page but still make it like organic to my feed? So I went back and forth with their team, who I love, were great, just about hey, I have this idea, like, here's the quote, what would you think, like, if it looked like this, we aligned, then I took the picture and sent it to them for approval with the caption. That's kind of how, like, a brand partnership usually goes. And then from there, we're creating more posts together. So we kind of go through that every month, just aligning on a theme under this umbrella of Pledge Good. Mm, I love that. And honestly, like, this is not an ad, but Good Pop, if you want to make it an ad, <laughs> yes. just give me a call. But their popsicles are amazing. I like the ones, they're cookies and cream, yes, they're gluten free, non dairy. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Such a treat. And I think it's like 100 calories or less. Right. Easy peasy. Yeah. Go Good Pop. <laughs> Go Good Pop. We're so proud of you. So, you have given so much great takeaway today. 
Uh, you are wonderful. I'm so excited for where your story might go because you're just at the beginning and that's, I mean, it's scary. Yeah. Be- being in the early twenties is scary. It's a weird and time. <laughs> it's a weird time, but you're doing great and you're an inspiration to so many. And so I want to go back a few years though and think about little Sophia, Yeah. whatever age you picture her as. And I think creativity is intricately connected to the inner child. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you look back on your little self and, and if you and her were standing in the same room, mm-hmm. what would she say to you and why? Right now? Yes. Like if she was... Yeah, um, looking at who you are, everything you've done, yeah. the things you're about to do. I think, yeah, I think she would say, I'm glad you're still making stuff. Um, <laughs> and like, I'm glad, I don't know, you're making like your corner of the world maybe a little happier or better. Yeah. And what would you say to her and why? Yeah, I would say, definitely, it's cheesy, but keep believing in, like, the things you're making. They're just going to get better. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to ask one more final question. How can we all keep our inner child more alive on a day-to-day basis? Oh, my gosh. Do stuff. I think, think about, honestly, what you like to do as a kid and go do, like, more of that in like whatever way you can. Um, I think it'll probably like evolve a little bit, but yeah, go back to your roots. <laughs> so true. Thank yeah. you, Sophia. You're amazing. Thank you. This was so fun. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And to my guest, Sophia Joan Short. For more info on Sophia, follow her at Sophia Joan Short or visit her webpage, sophiajoanshort.com. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And thank you. You can follow the show at Unleash Your Inner Creative and me at Lauren LaGrasso. Be sure to give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify. And if you love the show a lot, tell a friend about it. My single Road to Glory is out now. You can get it wherever good music is found. And my music video is out now too. So go check it out on YouTube.com by typing in Lauren LaGrasso Road to Glory. My wish for you this week is that your self-worth is not dictated by social media or any outside forces, but rather on how innately worthy you are to be here, to take up space, and to create. I believe in you. Talk next week.